We're continuing on our Future Church series, which really is the series at the beginning of each calendar year, which frames what the year ahead looks like. And so the idea is, is that we all receive a framework that together as a local church, we can navigate 2024 aligned, receiving what God might have for us, and then trusting Him for His fruit and His blessing to be upon it. And we're talking about Pathways Home. I want to pray. We're going to have a look at a video straight away. I asked a specific question to uh, four couples in our church. And these four couples were chosen simply because they were couples that I know that had moved to the Belito Salt Rock area from outside of this area. And I asked them a question specifically about what is it that they most wanted or needed when it came to moving into a new community. Father, we just pray and ask of you that in these next few moments, as we look at your word, but also we try and articulate and frame what the year is for us as a local church, that it is led by your spirit, that it is you who is bringing revelation, it is you who is bringing conviction into our lives, and by you, Holy Spirit, may you connect us and unite us, knit our hearts together, that we would see something of strength and depth being created, that ultimately it is about your will and your purpose, and so we pray that you would bless this next segment in Jesus' name. She's Shan. He's Don. Hi, it's Michelle. My name's Owen. Hi, my name is Kirk. And I'm Marinda. I'm Hannah. I'm Austin. I was born in Joburg on the East Rand. And I was born in a town about 20 minutes south of Durban, fondly known as Toti. We are from Australia. Well, I am originally Australian. I'm a Durban boy from way back in the day. Um, left at the end of high school, and we spent most of our married life in a town called Noosa in Queensland on the east coast of Australia. I'm from Portland, Oregon in the U.S. I'm from Clarkston, Michigan. I'm from Nebraska. I'm from uh, just outside of Nashville, Tennessee. We, we moved to Belito in, in December 2021, um, and it was a work, a work opportunity that brought us here. We'd always chatted as a couple about possibly spending some time in South Africa. It was always something we wanted to do, and we'd come out on a holiday a few years ago. Um, the family had loved it, and we really just kind of felt a stirring in our spirit, knowing having met Bev and Tam, um, knowing Co-Church was starting, um, we always just felt in our spirit just to maybe come out for a little while and spend some time um, and help the guys, however that looked, in church. We moved to Belito last April after about seven years of living in Kathmandu, Nepal. And we moved because our organization that we work with, Love Justice International, which has been based and headquartered in Nepal for all these years, is in the process of shifting our program headquarters from Kathmandu, Nepal, to South Africa and and Belito of all places. We moved to the Belito Salt Rock area a little over a year ago in December of 2022. We made the move because we both work for an international anti-human trafficking organization that moved their program headquarters here. What was important to us when we came was definitely just making community straight away, planting our roots. We wanted our our kids and ourselves to be settled from the beginning. A huge part of that was obviously finding a church where we felt welcome. Yeah, just getting plugged in. I mean, that was like super important to us. We, We 
we went around and we looked at a few churches and then we settled on the one where we felt most at home and, and our kids love it and, and, and we love it, yeah. We love being part of the community. The most important thing for us, I think, moving here was, I guess we've got the three kids with us as well. So we wanted them to feel comfortable, we wanted them to find friendships, we wanted them to feel like, you know, they're on the journey with us as well. Finding a community for them and for ourselves to do life with. One of the defining factors, I guess, in us finding comfort in the area that we've moved to is always finding a faith-based community. Yeah. I guess where we found a sense of belonging and acceptance. We were most excited to make friends, to begin to build community, and to find a church where we could serve. We really wanted to find a place where we could get to know the community at large and just be involved and see our kids making friends as well. When we got here, one of the, the most important things for us was to be able to just find a community. We were, um, as Hannah had mentioned, we were the first ones to come here from the organization and didn't really have any people that we were going to be doing life with that we knew. Um, and so we were just looking for a community of specifically of believers, people who are following after Jesus um, and trying to do that as authentically as possible. And just wanting to, to find people who we could see ourselves doing life with, um, connecting with outside of church. What was important to me once we arrived was finding a group of believers who were trying to follow Jesus, trying to practice the way, wanting to do that with each other and doing that in community and with accountability, but also being a part of um, a body of believers that just weren't in the same season of life as us, but also being a part of a diverse body where we could learn from them and ask them questions and seek advice and grow with as we, you know, hope to become more and more sanctified each year that we're here on earth and, and just wanting to do that with people and people who would speak into us and speak into the good, speak into the bad um, and everything in between because that is how we really grow and become more like Jesus. Ephesians chapter 2, Eugene Peterson articulates a powerful passage of scripture from verse 9 in the message. That's plain enough, isn't it? You're no longer wandering exiles. This kingdom of faith is now your home country. You're no longer strangers or outsiders. You belong here. With as much right to the name Christian as anyone. God is building a home. He's using us all, irrespective of how we got here. From Portland, Oregon, to Nebraska. Did I say that right, Hannah? Kind of, yeah. He's using us all, irrespective of how we got here, in what he is building. He used the apostles and the prophets for the foundation. Now, he's using you. Fitting you in, brick by brick, stone by stone, with Christ Jesus as the cornerstone that holds all the parts together. We see it taking shape day after day, a holy temple built by God, all of us built into it, a temple in which God is quite at home. That thought that every single one of us are important components to what God desires to build here on earth and here in the Amplali, Salt Rock, Belito area. He's building a home. 
He has desires for a pathway home. And we spoke last week about a pathway home and that a pathway is the best, most uncomplicated, direct route to a desired destination or a desired future. And that we want to see pathways in our church. We have initiated some pathways. We're seeing pathways taking shape. And then there are pathways before us that we have desire for that will ultimately come to pass because you and I participate in cutting new pathways. We spoke particularly of new pathways for a young generation. That pathway, it being the best or most uncomplicated direct route towards the desired future, the desired future for us is home. And home is a place of safety. It's a place of well-being. Home is a place of identity shaping. Home is an empowerment space. It's a space of rest, of equipping, of family, of joy. Home means so much. Home is a place all of us want to find ourselves in. But last week, we spoke very specifically that home is a person. And that person is Jesus Christ. Everything of what we desire and need from home is found in Christ. That we are to seek first the kingdom of God. That we are to seek first Christ with this desire of home. And that may the pathways always lead to him. And so we want to bring back into the spotlight. We want to continue to tread out a pathway that we had begun over the last year. And we want to give people the practical opportunity to find home in Christ. It's not just so much for us who have already found home initially in Christ. It is to continue to extend the invitation to those who are so far from Jesus. So disconnected from God's saving grace. But not only is home a person... Home is also a people. And that's where I wanted to give a bit of attention today, hence the video. You know, asking people who have moved into an area, for many, it doesn't matter whether it's just from Joburg in comparison to Australia or to the United States, distance is fairly irrelevant when it comes to moving into new things, new spaces, new places. And so to ask people who have literally made that move in the last little while, recent history, to get their perspective on what they felt was most important, most valuable, most desirable. Other than material things, the thread throughout those conversations was the desire for community, the desire for friendship, the desire for belonging, the desire for acceptance. And I would guarantee you all of us being posed the same question would have the same answers. Because there is something within the fabric of humanity. We are designed for community. We are designed at a biological level to actually be in relationship with others. When you look at our physiological makeup, it is geared towards human connection. The challenge for us in this day and this age is that there is a bit of an oxymoron that exists. We are a people who are most connected, but also disconnected. I have a friend in Australia. 
He used to pastor a local church and has since stepped away from that to really concentrate on what Australia is now deeming an epidemic of loneliness. In a first world country that has their fingertips at every technology available, there is an epidemic of loneliness to the extent that governments are now seeing it as a genuine concern for the health of society and are concentrating on creating pathways for connection. So within every single one of us, there is this desire and this yearning for community. And I was explaining to somebody recently where the name of our church came from. And I don't know whether you even know this story or not. I might have mentioned it previously, but it's an interesting process to go on to name something, particularly a church. Like it's, it felt a little bit weird to me to, to name the church that we had desires for. We came up with all sorts of names. Um, one of the earlier ones was Symphony, Symphony Church, okay? And, and the, the, the heart behind it was that when you think about what a symphony is, it's a whole collection of individual musical instruments that when played alone are incredible. When played together without any sense of cohesiveness, it's just a crazy noise. But when it finds an alignment and when it finds harmony, there is something profound about a whole bunch of individual instruments coming together to make a noise that is way more beautiful than what an individual instrument could be. And another one was, was resonant church. Like I, I felt like we wanted to communicate something that would resonate with people. But then the more I said it, it was like resonant. People were like, is it resident? Is it? And I'm like, okay, that's not going to work. And then I was listening to a podcast. And it was a podcast centered around the power of community. And um, they kept talking about community, uh, what people desire in community, what community is, the necessity for community to exist in our society. And, and this word community kept coming over and over and speaking about something that resonates. That for us was a genuine desire where we could legitimately say community exists with sincerity. Not that that community would be perfect, not that that community wouldn't make mistakes, that we wouldn't have a church environment where people would feel well-connected when they are highly functioning, but that actually people would feel connected simply because they are human beings, and every single one of us is worthy of human connection. That we would see people as being the true treasure, that people are not the means to an end, People are the end. And so it, it plays out in certain ways. We uh, had worship this morning from a screen. Now, the reality of that is we've had a desire to ensure that when it comes to the participation and contribution of our church, we would always do it from a place of capacity whereby people are willingly and joyfully and gladly contributing, as opposed to being so extended and stretched to the point of breaking that they feel like it becomes obligationary, where it becomes stale and stagnant, and it lacks everything of what authenticity is. 
And so the worship is just a classic example. We're okay that we would have incredible human beings leading us one week and then incredible technology leading us another week. And that we would have in mind the opportunity before us that perhaps one day we will, week in, week out, have wonderful human beings leading us. But that'll come from a place of a willingness of our church to participate because we want relationship first and foremost before we want function. But function exists, right? It's an inevitability of life. But as a priority, we want to ensure that community and, and true community, you know, we, we spoke about it a couple of years ago that the church we want to become is a church that is the essence of community, which is a massive statement. And the reason why we called ourselves co-church was because it came from that idea of community. I thought it was a little bit too bold to call ourselves community church. I'm like, oh my gosh, we can't just take that title in ourselves. Like we're the only community church. But then when I started hearing co, 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 I kind of spent a bit more time looking at the prefix co. So often people are like, does co stand for company? No, it doesn't stand for company church. It's literally the prefix. When you take the prefix co, which actually means partnership, togetherness, collaboration. When you take the word co and you put it in front of any word, it takes the word from being individual to collective. And that was our desire. We want to be a church of groups who gather, not just a gathering who groups. And that desire to break things down in a smaller capacity is the recognition that true community only comes through being connected to a handful of people. That yes, we can have a good time together, and church should always be an environment of life and laughter and impartation and celebration, and there is something powerful about the collective. So we don't negate the value of what this looks like. And as it grows by God's grace and by his will, we ensure that what this is stays true to the intent of God, that it is impartation, it is celebration. But at the end of the day, we recognize that this cannot build true community. It can play a part in it. Because we all know right now that coming together on a Sunday, our conversations... Now, on the rare occasion, it might be different to this, but our conversations typically stop three questions in. You know, how are you? Fine. How's your week been? Good. Maybe if I'm meeting for the first time, what do you do? You know? And, and it typically, now that's not a bad thing, by the way. Like, it is, it is what it is. And, and we, we recognize what this can be. We, we see where the opportunities to improve can exist. But ultimately, because we want to be a church that is known as the essence of community, we want to continue to encourage and invite your participation, my participation, in smaller groups. We want to be a church of smaller groups who gather, not just a gathering who groups. Christ Jesus, who is home, is no longer physically with us at present. He has ascended after fulfilling his mission, and he now sits, as the word of God tells us, at the right hand of the Father, interceding for us. And thank God that he does. And that now the temple of God is no longer a physical structure, but it's an organic body of believers who have the very presence of God dwelling within us. And therefore, as Christ 
2,000 odd years ago, was physically home for people. He has ascended, and now home is found in people. That we meet with Christ through others. And it's an important aspect of our faith. That yes, we have personal devotion, but we also have community impartation. That we grow together, that we are knit together, that we find our purpose and meaning and friendships and belonging and love together as community. Home is a people. And speaking again of a particular focus towards a younger generation, we want to ensure that a younger generation sees the truth of home being found in people. That others will make a way. That others will impart. Others will empower. And we have three categories as to when it comes to our small groups. We have life groups, which typically are based around an interest. For example, people who like running together or who like drinking coffee together. There's an interest, and let's form a group around an interest. It's a great way to do it. Then we have what we call equip groups. Equip groups have a particular focus where a group gets together and we want to equip you in a particular area of life. It could be finances. It could be in spiritual formation. It could be in marriage. It could be in all sorts of things. And then we have what we call serve groups. That's our way of being a blessing to others. That we would follow the likeness of Christ that he entered into the world not to be served, but to serve. And it's actually in serving that we grow in our characteristic of becoming more Christ-like. Because he, in essence, was a servant. And so we want to continue to encourage and invite that opportunity to serve. And we want you to serve in your area of calling and of gifting that your service isn't so heavy laid with burden, but that actually it's rejuvenating and refreshing and that you can contribute in ways that you are wired by, gifted by, anointed by, that you can express that in its fullness and grow in what that is. There is no shortage of opportunity for you to participate. Why participate? Not because it's about your function. It's not that. But it's the means of function, the means of participation, which ultimately lands in the desired goal of home. And that being found in people and in relationship. And so we want to encourage our church constantly to be in community because home is found in people. Can we pray together? Lord, we thank you that we have this incredible opportunity before us that we would grow in relationship with other people. That just being in the room right now, it's such a privilege that we would be alongside other people. And so, Lord, we just pray that it is by your Spirit, not through some forced coercion or contrived way, but that it would just be from a sincere place, empowered by your Spirit, that we would see friendship and community blossoming and flourishing And that we would see a real sincerity behind it. That it would be the essence of community. And Lord, I want to pray right now, if there are people in the room who are feeling disconnected or feeling like they are on the fringes or on the periphery, I just want to say, Lord, that 
every person is valuable. Every person is valuable to you and to us. And I ask, Lord God, that it is by your spirit that you would help us as individuals to see the value. And so we pray right now that there would be a sense of urging, a sense of compelling, that our community would become stronger, more tightly knit, but that it would always remain inclusive. That no matter what you look like, sound like, where you are from, do you have the right to the name Christian as anybody else does? Amen. Amen.